Faith, Hope and Love, a Lenten Penitential Service. In preparation for Holy Week and Easter, we've been doing acts of penance, prayer and good works, so that we may celebrate with joy Christ's victory at Easter, with minds and hearts made pure. Since the pandemic has seriously restricted our ability to gather together physically, we unite in mind, spirit and heart instead, always in union with Christ. And given that the sacrament of penance is not available to the people, today we celebrate this special penitential service for you at home, which is an act of perfect contrition for all our sins. Christ hears the voice of the repentant sinner, and so we trust in his abundant mercy. Have mercy on me, Lord, in your kindness. With love clear away all my offense. Oh, cleanse me from my sins, rid me of my unrest. A humble, contrite heart will make a Sing of hope and joy. 
the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hello everyone. My brothers and sisters, we have at times neglected the gifts of our baptism, and fallen into sin. Let's ask God to renew his grace within us, as we turn to him in repentance. Coming together in a spirit of penitence, let's call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us bow our heads before God. Lord Jesus, you redeemed us by your passion and raised us to new life in baptism. Protect us with your unchanging love and share with us the joy of your resurrection, for you live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. James, chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown 
you senseless person, that faith without works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works, and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab also justified by works, when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. The Word of the Lord Lord, remember us for the love you bear your people. They cried to the Lord in their need, and he rescued them from their distress, and he led them along the right way to reach a city they could dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his love, for the wonders he does for people, for he satisfies the thirsty soul, he fills the hungry with good things. Then they cried to the Lord in their need, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them forth from darkness and gloom, and broke their chains to pieces. They cried to the Lord in their need, and he rescued them from their distress. He sent forth his word to heal them, and save their life from the grave. Let them thank the Lord for his love, for the wonders he does for people. Let them offer a sacrifice of thanks, and tell of his deeds with rejoicing. Lord, remember us for the love you bear your people. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Repent, says the Lord. For the kingdom of God has come near. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 15, verses 4 to 7. Jesus spoke this parable to them. What person among you with a hundred sheep, losing one, would not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the missing one till he found it? And when he found it, would he not joyfully take it on his shoulders and then when he got home, call together his friends and neighbours? Rejoice with me, he would say. I have found my sheep that was lost. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one repentant sinner than over ninety-nine virtuous people who have no need of repentance. The Gospel of the Lord May the words of the Gospel wipe away our sins. When we were baptised, God made a solemn promise to each one of us. 
as the waters of baptism poured over us, God said, in effect, This day I make you my son, my daughter. God truly loves us as a loving parent loves their child. It's our delight and our duty to fulfil this wonderful gift and grace of baptism by living faithfully the gospel of Christ. God's promise of eternal parenthood to us and his promise of complete faithfulness with us through our whole life journey and into the eternal life of the heavenly banquet was no mere words. It was not just an empty show. It was full, bursting with life and promise. God means what God does and God fulfills what God promises, without doubt. So too, the promises made at our baptism by our parents and godparents or by ourselves and our sponsors for those baptised in adulthood, these promises are real and solid. They're everlasting. That beautiful first reading reminds us that we are all children of God, in fact, as well as in name. Our membership of God's family needs to show itself in actions, concrete actions, consistent attitudes and values, not merely words or hollow rituals, but actions and full living rituals and symbols. The sacraments are alive with the power of God's Spirit, and the source of all the sacraments is from the power and effectiveness of the Holy Spirit given overflowingly in baptism, when we became grafted onto Christ, joined to him forever. What an absolute joy, and what a priceless treasure. We have to be very wary, careful of two extremes. Both of the extremes are very bad and harmful to us in many ways. The first extreme is to take for granted our membership as a daughter or son of God. We're not part-time members of Christ. We're not occasional friends of Jesus. We are friends, heirs, and servants of the living God. It's a full-time vocation, and a wonderful vocation at that. Therefore, we take very seriously God's direction to us that we must take our gifts and make use of them for the good of God's kingdom. That's why God gave us our gifts. As we heard in the letter of James in the first reading, faith without works is entirely dead. Discipleship of Christ and membership of God's family, which is one and the same thing, is utterly hollow if it doesn't show itself in attitudes, actions and decisions which are consistent with our Father's kingdom. Practical actions of kindness, love, mercy and charity. Living the gospel in everything we do, think and say. We act, united with the loving heart of Jesus Christ. Whenever we fail and sin, when we fall, and at times when we make very poor choices and actions, the other extreme is to be carefully avoided too, and that is to be so down on ourselves that we cannot forgive ourselves. When we effectively refuse to allow God to give us the forgiveness that God can and does want to give us. This is a serious, false humility. When we don't accept God's forgiveness and mercy when God is offering it, if God has forgiven us, we are forgiven indeed, truly. Who are we to say that God cannot or will not forgive us for our sins? Are we greater than God, the God of all creation? If I say to God, I've sinned, and then say, Lord, you're unable to forgive me for this, I do not deserve to be forgiven, then I might as well add pride and arrogance to my list of sins. 
for the constant message of the Bible and Christ's good news preaching is that he is the loving parent of the prodigal son who looks out for the return of his errant child day and night and when that child appears again runs down the road to meet him when he finally and sheepishly and possibly half-heartedly returns. Like the gospel, our loving God is not content with 99% of the sheep safe and sound. God is not satisfied until he searches for and finds the lost 1% and brings them all home safe as well. Isn't that wonderful? God wants each and every one of us because God loves and cares for us unconditionally. Today, we praise God's mercy which has no limit, the Father who continually welcomes those who turn back to him after having sinned. This upcoming season of Easter, which will be quite different in many ways this year, even as we celebrate it in these extraordinary and difficult times, it still remains the feast when the church rejoices wherever we are over the newness of life, the eternal life in Christ won for us by his death and resurrection. When Jesus prayed to the Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He meant it. And the Father answered him. In this penitential service, we now come to an examination of our conscience. The Lord says, Love one another as I have loved you. Have I genuine love for my neighbours? Or do I sometimes use my neighbour for my own ends? Or do to them what I would not want done to myself? Have I given poor example or scandal by my words or actions? In my family life, have I contributed to the well-being and happiness of the rest of the family by patience, kindness and genuine love? Have I been obedient to parents, showing them proper respect and giving them help in their spiritual and material needs? Have I been careful to give a Christian upbringing to those in my care and to help them by good example and by exercising authority as a parent, carer or mentor or leader? Have I been faithful in my heart and in my relations with others? Do I share my possessions with the less fortunate? Do I do my best to help victims of oppression, misfortune and poverty? Are there times I've looked down on my neighbour, especially the poor, the sick, the elderly, strangers and people of other races? Does my life reflect the mission I received in my confirmation? Do I share in the missionary and charitable works of the church and in the life of the parish? Have I helped to meet the needs of the church and the world and prayed for them, for unity in the church, for the spread of the gospel among the nations, for peace and justice? 
Am I concerned for the good and prosperity of the human community in which I live? Or, at times, do I spend much of my time focusing on myself? Do I share, to the best of my ability, in the work of promoting justice, morality, harmony and love in human relations? Have I done my duty as a citizen? In times of ability, have I paid what is my due to society in which I live? In my work or profession, am I just, hard-working, honest, serving society out of love for others? Have I been faithful to my promises and contracts? Have I obeyed legitimate authority and given due respect to laws that are for the good of the community? In any position of responsibility or authority, do I use this for the good of others, in a spirit of service, or for my own purposes? Have I been truthful and fair, or have I injured others by deceit? calumny, detraction, rash judgment, or violating a secret. Have I stolen the property of others? Have I desired material things inordinately? Have I damaged things of others and failed to show care to property I'm responsible for? Have I made just restitution of other people's property and made good their loss? If I've been injured, have I been ready to make peace for the love of Christ and to forgive? Or do I harbour hatred and desire for revenge? Where is my life leading me? Is the hope of eternal life my inspiration? Have I tried to grow in the life of the Spirit through prayer, reading of the Word of God, meditating on it, spiritual reading, receiving the sacraments when possible, self-denial? Have I been anxious to control my vices, my bad inclinations and passions, envy, love of food and drink and so on? Have I been proud and boastful, thinking myself better in the sight of God and despising others as less important than myself? Have I imposed my own will on others without respecting their freedom and rights? What use have I made of my time, my health and strength, and of the gifts of God that have been given to me? Have I used these talents for the gospel? Or have I been slack and too much given to leisure? Have I been patient in accepting the sorrows and disappointments of life? Have I always tried to act in the true freedom of the sons and daughters of God, according to the law of the Spirit, or am I a slave to the forces within me? My brothers and sisters, the hour of God's favour draws near. 
the day of his mercy and of our salvation, when death was destroyed and eternal life began. This is the season for planting new vines in God's vineyard and a time for pruning the vines to ensure a richer harvest. We all acknowledge that we are sinners. We are moved to penance, encouraged by the example and prayers of our fellow brothers and sisters. We admit our guilt and say, as the psalmist did, Lord, I acknowledge my sins. My offences are always before me. Turn away your face, Lord, from my sins and blot out all my wrongdoing. Give me back the joy of your salvation and give me a new and steadfast spirit. We are sorry for having offended God by our sins. May God be merciful and hear us as we ask to be restored to his friendship and numbered among the living who share the joy of Christ's risen life. Cleanse us, Lord, from all our sins. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. Let us pray. Lord, your sons and daughters stand before you in humility and trust. Look with compassion on us as we confess our sins. Heal our wounds. Stretch out a hand of pity to save us and raise us up. Keep us free from harm as members of Christ's body, as sheep of your flock, as children of your family. Hear, Lord, the prayers we offer from contrite hearts. Have pity on us as we acknowledge our sins. Lead us back to the way of holiness. Protect us now and always from the wounds of sin. May we ever keep safe in all its fullness the gift your love once gave us and your mercy now restores. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray the family prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks everyone for joining us in this time of penitence as we think of our sin and of God's absolute mercy. We look forward to the coming days, the three days of Easter, and wherever you are, our prayers are with you. God bless you all. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. May God, the Father of mercies, who has given you an example of love in the passion of his only begotten Son, grant that by serving God and your neighbour, you may lay hold of the wondrous gift of his blessing. May you receive the reward of everlasting life from him, through whose earthly death you believe that you escape eternal death. By following the example of his self-abasement, may you possess a share in his resurrection.
and may the blessing of Almighty God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.